I solved the Friday crossword in under 10 minutes, which is, I am sorry, but if you solve the New York Times crossword in under 10 minutes on a Friday, you're kind of really smart. I did a little dance and I screenshot it and sent it to my husband. You put a timer on? It times it for you when you do it online. Oh my God. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life books and champagne brought to you by amanda and ellen co-owners of your local independent bookstore dog-eared books in Ames, iowa first give me a cheers okay okay we're ready and yeah. books are sexy oh this is a stiff work it, one work it work it oh yeah yeah so ellen let me tell you what we're drinking today tell me prince alexandra Ooh. it is a traditional champagne from the loire valley and it's dry just how we like it we can't podcast without bubbles. No. That would be stupid. We would sound even more stupid. Mm, it smells <laughs> yeasty. Don't say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if someone walked by and overheard, ooh, it smells yeasty. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Ellen, tell me what you're reading. <clears throat> okay, so... I'm actually reading The Boy with the Bird in His Chest, which we talked about last week. But I just started it, so I'm not going to talk about that book. I'm going to talk about the one I just finished, which is Anthem by Noah Hawley. So Noah Hawley is a writer for the television show Fargo, which makes a lot of sense when you're reading this book. So a little bit of a content warning here. This book does deal with suicide, deals with prescription drug addiction, uh, and there's a lot of just uh, gratuitous violence in this book. But here's the premise. So this is a this is satire. Like this is just full on satire. Um, it's the near future. So like within the next five years, um, the world continues to go to shit, global warming and whatnot. And in the United States, we've got all these, you know, these January 6th people um, all these factions, right, we're now on the brink of a civil war. Like the, these tensions, these issues have been brewing for a long time. And now we're like on the cusp of something happening. So the first sign that like we are now tipping into, you know, the end of society or, or however you want to word it, is that kids all across the United States, teenagers, are starting to kill themselves in record numbers. Um, they're kind of like, we're not, you know, we're not doing this anymore. The adults fucked us over. We're not sticking around for this. Then this story centers around this sort of ragtag group of teenagers that meet in a treatment facility for kids with anxiety. Uh, One of them is called the prophet, and he kind of speaks to God, and he's like, we're going to save the children. So they bust out of this treatment facility, and they go around like freeing children from really questionable circumstances. Um, And there's a lot of like gunfire involved and uh, all sorts of stuff. So as I was reading this book, I was like, I don't know if I am offended by this or not. Um, Because, I mean, if you've watched Fargo, right? I mean, have you watched it? Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, you know what, you know what this is. Brutal. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like, this is like unflinching satire. Okay. And, um, but what's kind of cool is about halfway through the book, the author sort of like butts into the narrative. And he's like, I apologize for the ridiculousness of the story. Also, for all the violence, however, you know, there are this many million of Americans and there are this many more guns than there are Americans. So what do you expect? Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I really want you to read this book. I want our customers to read this book because I need to talk about it. I need to like work through my feelings with it. I think our rep on this, our publishing rep was really excited about this book too. So I'm happy you liked it. I, d- I did like it. Um, I mean, there were definitely parts where I was like, oh, I don't feel so super comfortable with this. But I think that was kind of the point. Right. And I recently read one like this. I talked about in a previous episode, Vladimir, very yeah. much the same feeling like I'm this is this isn't right. But that's the point. You're supposed to have that reaction. <clears throat> yeah. Similarly to Paradise by Hanya Yanagahara. Oh, my God. Yeah. S- yeah. Bleak. And I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is just a reflection of like science fiction writing. Like, the, oh, it, it's not going to happen, but it's the imagined world. Hopefully we can rein it back. Hopefully this is in our future. Yeah. And this one too, I would say that I don't, I'm not going to like spoil how it ends, but the, the ending of the book involves a pretty long author interjection about how the story should end and how we would want it to end. Um, so I would say like, it's not like a, it's not a horrible ending. That's what I'll say. Cool. All right. I'll tell you about what I'm reading. Yes, tell me. I've been reading in a long time. Um, this has been in my reading rotation for over two weeks. I actually fit in another book in the midst of it okay. because I needed to take a break from it. But I I love it. Um, it's called The Prince of the Stars by Antonio Etorbe. He's the author of The Librarian of Auschwitz. Okay. So this guy, he does his research. He has a background in journalism, and it's very evident in this book um, how much information he has to share about the main character. This is a fictional account of the life of Anton de Saint-Exupéry, who wrote the French children's classic, The The Little Prince. I read this in uh, high school French (laughs) class, and we had to translate it from the original French chapter by chapter, until we had translated the entire thing. So I have an affection for the story. It's very beautiful, very, you know, quite a few fans of this children's story. I wanted to know the story behind the story. Um, So this is fascinating. Um, For those who don't know, Sant X, as he was known by his friends, uh, was a pilot for the French airmail system. And he had these two best friends. And the three of them were just like, heroes. They were superstars because of everything that they were doing in terms of pushing the limits of flight for the French. Like Amelia Earhart, Charles Lindbergh, times 10 in France. Okay. Okay? So they were a cool group of friends. But what they had in common was their obsession with flying and their obsession with womanizing. So these guys were like constantly hooking up with women in every like port, as you would say. Um, yeah. And I kept reflecting on like, why do you not have venereal disease yet? Like they were constantly hooking up with people. What's your secret, man? I know, apparently. So they made it, they made it through. There's no mention of VD in this book. Um, many, several, all of them married at one point with various levels of success. But uh, this is a book about their friendship. Their obsession with flight, Santa X's literary pursuits, but really just, you know, this love of flight. I'm down to the last 50 pages. And when I this is our segue into our topic of conversation. This book is about 200 pages too long. I love it. It's so well written. I feel the characters. They're alive. Their sense of humor and playfulness is so great. 
but 200 pages too long. So I've been in this reading slump with The Prince of the Stars. It, I don't know, maybe a different time in my life, I would race through this. Um, nice short chapters, easy to kind of pound through four or five. But I'm only getting in 15 minutes a day on this book because it's somewhat repetitive and somewhat dragging on. I'm excited to finish it and I'm glad I've read it. But, you know, I've been in a reading slump. Is this, I mean, this is a common experience. Oh, yeah, totally. <clears throat> and I sometimes I think it, it has little to do with the book and more to do with like just your frame of mind at the time you're reading that particular book. Uh, what you said reminded me of the first time I read the Poisonwood Bible. When I finished it, I was like, this this book was like 200 or 300 pages too long. Then I read it again 10 years later, and I'm like, this is the best fucking book I've ever read in my life. And I still, I mean, I would still put it like in my top three books. Same. same. So it just kind of goes to show you, like, you can read a book at one time, and maybe it just doesn't hit you or capture your attention in the same way that it would at another time. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm a mood reader. Are you a mood reader? I've... I'm not paying enough attention with my selections to what my mood is and I need to. So I'm I'm going to finish this book today and then I'm going to think very seriously about what I want to grab next out of my giant TBR. We were comparing TBR sizes earlier. Um, mine is about a bedside table height and we're looking at yours. It's just a pile stacked on the floor. <laughs> it's the size of a small child. Yeah, like maybe a four-year-old or a three-year-old. I'm not going to read another historical fiction for a moment. I actually have some in my pile that I'm really excited about, but I think I need something contemporary. Um, I need something sharp, and I need something quick. Yeah, so like my go-to palate cleanser of a book, if you will, would be like a mystery. So if I'm reading like something super like literary fiction or just, you know, heavy content, uh, historical fiction, something like that. I kind of like to read a mystery to, you know, just that like the book that goes at like a quick clip. You want to find out what happens next. It's just kind of an easy read. I really enjoy mysteries for that. Um, but yeah, whenever I finish a book, I think about like, what am I really in the mood for right now? Which is why my TBR keeps getting bigger because <laughs> I'll look at it and be like, mm, not really in the mood for any of these. Better get a new one. <laughs> Which leads us to the new books coming out this week. It does lead us to the new books coming out. So, new releases in paperback. Two popular titles from last year are now out in paperback, and they are The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner and Suli by John Grisham. The Lost Apothecary is the story of a secret 18th century London apothecary dealing in potions and poisons for women, specifically designed to protect them from oppressive men. This has been a pretty huge seller at our store. So if you haven't had a chance to read it, now it's out in paperback. It's a perfect time to pick it up. It's a beautiful cover. It does have a beautiful cover. And then Suli by John Grisham is a story about a young South Sudanese basketball player who leaves a civil war behind and he's determined to make a future for himself at a small North Carolina college. So this is like John Grisham not writing mystery. Um, also been a pretty big seller at the store. So if you're a John Grisham fan, you know, you've got to read Suli. Yeah. What's out in hardcover? Brand oh, new. The thriller that everyone's going to be excited about is Lucy Foley's The Paris Apartment. Oh, yeah. I saw this come in the other day. Right. Yeah. She's the author of the popular thriller The Guest List. Mm. People really enjoyed that one. Yeah. This is kind of, she uses a locked room mystery format 
it's a whodunit. In this case, there's a character, Jess, who goes to stay with her brother in his Paris apartment. But when she shows up, her brother's missing and all the residents of the building are suspect. They all have a backstory and the suspense is figuring out who's responsible for what and where's her brother. So the locked room mystery is sort of this, I don't want to say it's up and coming in the mystery because it's always been a thing, right? But it's gaining a lot of traction like these types this type of format for mystery telling is huge people right are now. responding to it and i like it because there's an intelligence to it it's yeah, not it's just, just a so, captured woman in a basement yeah and it's just so classic it's just like a classic format so good new in fantasy we have scorpica by gr McAllister. this is a story about a world organized into five queendoms that fears its future when no girls are born for an entire generation this is the kind of fantasy novel that's right up our bookseller Danica's alley. So Danica is like a big fantasy reader um, and she loves books about badass women. So this is this is this is that we'll have to convince her to read it. The one I'm super excited about. OK, this is my number one book out this week is called Patty Drinks, The World of Modern Irish Whiskey Cocktails by Jillian Vase. OK, I love cocktail books. I love cocktails. Okay, everybody needs to know that Amanda has a cocktail book problem. <laughs> Ellen has to rein me in. When we look at advance ordering, she's like, Amanda, do we really need another cocktail book? We do. <laughs> because if Amanda sees a cocktail book, she's going to want that cocktail. But book. I have very high standards and patty drinks it's definitely. It's you do. You yeah, do. I have high standards. Patty drinks meets it. They have to be legitimately good cocktails, fresh ingredients, easy to make, and beautiful photography, which is what you get with Patty Drinks. The cover is fantastic. It's perfect for St. Patrick's Day. I mean, that's the reason why we ordered it in, but it's something that will last year-round for anyone who loves whiskey. Um, I love the backstory on this. It's from a famous Irish bar in New York called Dead Rabbit. The guys who started this bar are two Irish dudes who immigrated to the U.S. and their dream was to open an Irish bar. And it took them a while, but they achieved it. And they have quite a bit of uh, fame and a followship. And is that a word, followship? Sure. Sure. Okay. If we ever go to New York to visit all the indie bookstores, we'll have to go to Dead Rabbit too. Yeah. And in between bookstores. Yeah. We we might need to do it at the end of the day because I have a feeling I'm going to like the cocktail so much that it's just going to be like a slow slide into bed afterwards. Or we could space it out. It could be like bookstore, dead rabbit, bookstore, dead rabbit, bookstore, dead rabbit. Dead rabbit, we're coming for you. Please expect us. All right. In kids' books, I want to tell you about the very true story of the Mongolian death worms by Sandra Fay. I love a kids' book with dry humor. I remember when we first... Uh, saw this book when we were going through catalogs. It was hilarious. Yeah. Because they're worm heads that look evil with teeth. (laughs) So the backstory on it is there is a true legend about Mongolian death worms. It's a little bit like the Yeti. They're understood to exist in the Gobi Desert by scientists for years. But who's seen them? Where do they live? Do we know anything about them? So this picture book is about the Mongolian death worms. There's a death worm family. They want to make friends with the other desert wildlife, the animals. Nobody wants to be friends with them. They keep getting the cold shoulder. But then there's a disaster and the death worms come to the rescue. I am just obsessed with this book. It might be my favorite since I eat poop. 
another <laughs> another okay so if people don't know that that's the title of a book yeah they might, they might be a little confused right that is my absolute favorite picture book from last year about dung beetles apparently i have kind of a science-minded proclivity when it comes to our picture books um ellen tell us what's new in graphic novels okay so investigators this is a graphic novel series um there are six books in the series we got a new one out so what I tell parents is if your kid loves Dogman and they've read Dogman like a million times, read Investigators. So I've got a nine-year-old who's totally into like that that Dogman, that, that graphic novel sense of humor, um, and he loves Investigators. So it's two alligators who solve crimes and they have all sorts of like spy inventions that they use and they travel through the toilets, which is hilarious. So... Uh, yeah, just a, a great series to check out for the for those kids who are into graphic novels and who, who will devour an entire series multiple times. I know you're also really excited about our middle grade chapter book new release. Tell me about that one. Okay, so this one is from the Newbery Honor Medal winner, Pam Munoz Ryan. So um, you probably know her books, Echo and Esperanza Rising. Esperanza Rising is like one of my all time favorite middle grade books. It's such a beautiful story. Um, this book is called Solimar, Sword of the Monarchs, and it's a novel about a Mexican princess on the eve of her quinceanera and royal coronation who has bestowed the power to see the near future by a flock of monarch butterflies. Um, and this power will hopefully save her kingdom. So what I love about um, Ryan's writing is it's really gorgeous. I think as an adult, you can appreciate it, but also as a child. She, she writes children's perspectives really, really well. All right, I'll tell you about what's new in young adults. This is one I already grabbed for my 14-year-old daughter. It's Float by Kate Marchant. This is the perfect YA summer romance. It's about a girl who's caught in the middle of her parents' divorce. She leaves Fairbanks, Alaska to spend the summer with her aunt in Florida, where she feels like a fish out of water at the beach. So, you know, she's from cold lanes. <laughs> Blake, the cute boy next door, shows her the ropes and a romance blooms. Of course, every summer has to come to an end. So, you know, cue the tears. Is this Grease Vibes? It does feel Grease Vibes. I haven't read it yet. So. Don't change yourself for a dude, girls. Yeah, don't change it, yourself. Since we're talking about Grease. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. So uh, YA romance is another one of those sort of up and coming mm -hmm. genres. I think mm -hmm. even in the year that we've been open, we've been see we've been seeing such a rise in the amount of YA romance. Romance and murder. They love the murder books and they love the rom-coms. Okay, teens, we get it. I mean, I like romance and murder books too. So Yeah, I don't know that I fall into those genres, but there's a book for you everyone. You read romance and you read murder books. What are you talking about? Maybe. <laughs> okay, let's talk about what's popping at the store. Tonight we've got a good event. Tell us about it. Oh my gosh, it's Della Vitti's Margarita Pub Crawl. We have our own margarita to offer for all those who are walking Main Street and collecting margaritas. So Della Vitti is our Main Street wine bar. This is like the coolest place. We often go to Della Vitti to do work. <laughs> we take a lunch break, but yeah. it's at a wine bar. Yeah, uh, this is a really cool event. Uh, hopefully we'll bring a lot of people out to Main Street. Our featured margarita is called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margarita. I mean, it's perfect. It's a literary margarita. I hope you all come out and enjoy it.
Okay. <clears throat> On Thursday, we have our very first. Okay. Rachel is glaring at me because I set my champagne glass down too hard on the table. You're very enthusiastic about this next event. I feel like Rachel's a little persnickety. We'll talk about Rachel soon. We're going to invite her to talk. She can speak for herself then. Yeah, speak for yourself, Rachel. Anyway, we have a poetry slam. Our very first one this Thursday, the 24th. And info on how to participate is available on our website. You can register. I believe you bring three poems to the slam. What I'm super excited about is so in my past life, before I was a bookseller, I was a middle school teacher. And one of the things I did as a middle school teacher was sponsored the spoken word poetry club. I am not a poet. I'm not good at it. But I partnered with a spoken word poet, Apple Amos, and she would come every week and she would like lead the club. And she is emceeing our poetry slam. She is so awesome at it. She has the best personality. She's so warm and loving. And what I love about spoken word poetry and poetry slams is if you've never been to one, it's such a feeling of community and support and cheering each other on. I can't wait. I think it's going to be so great. That's awesome. Later this week, um, Saturday, actually, Saturday the 26th at 4 p.m., we have our Good Trouble Book Club for middle school students. If you have a middle schooler who loves to read or you want to get <laughs> reading, um, give them a heads up on this book club. What they're reading this month is called Playing the Cards You're Dealt by Varian Johnson. Anthony has just turned 10, which means he's old enough to play in a card tournament that all the guys in his family have won. When his spades partner is grounded, he has to find a new one, a new girl in his class. He's not sure how his dad will feel about him pairing up with a girl. But as we come to learn, Anthony's not the only one in his family keeping a secret. So use our website to register. We have uh, a bookmark in the store so you can see what our upcoming reads are going to be. This is uh, just an outstanding group of kids that come and talk about what they're reading each month. And I I will say this about Good Trouble. Um, It's led by our bookseller, Tanvi who's who who's a librarian um by trade and it's they have such amazing conversations i mean you wouldn't believe the conversations that these young people are having and they've been actually really a catalyst for a lot of like the social justice work we do in the store and so if you've got a kid who's maybe not a big reader but is an empath or somebody who really cares about um the issues they see in the world, sign them up for Good Trouble Junior or and Good Trouble. Sorry. Um, I think that they'll really love it. So another cool thing about the Good Trouble Book Club is that one of the really beautiful things about this book club is that people in our community are aware that it's happening and they have sponsored months of the book club. So if your child registers to participate, the book is free through June. I know. we That was just, it gives you shivers, the, the outreach we've had on people wanting to support this opportunity for kids in our community. Now I'm going to invite in our producer, Rachel Trainum. Rachel, Rachel, tell us about the rom-coms. And be really careful that you don't put your glass down too hard on the table or I'll glare at you. I would never. This month we read Weather Girl by Rachel Willens Solomon. And she's previously written The X Talk, which was also another workplace romance. So that's the trope for this month's read. It's kind of fun to see what shenanigans get up to when two coworkers try to get their bosses, who are ex-husband and wife, back together because they are creating a horribly toxic environment 
in the workplace. So, of course, what happens is romance not only forms in one place, but the other. You would know something about this. You kind of fell in love on the workplace. Yeah, you did. Rachel stayed in the UPS guy. <laughs> we want to write a rom-com about it. Let's do it. Go for it, but keep my name out of it. Okay, we'll see. Okay, what's next? I'll tell you about it. So on Sunday, we have a writer's workshop. There is a cost to participate. It's led by local author Jackie Haley. Jackie has published three books, and her workshop is called The Art of Storytelling. Um, and it comes with, so Jackie is a writing coach. So um, professionally, she helps writers from the very early stages, just like the concept of your story all the way through the writing process, um, and then hopefully toward publication. So in this workshop, she's giving you basically a how-to manual and helping you really get off the ground um, with that, that novel or that story or that book idea that you have. So that's going to be Sunday, and you can register on our website. On Monday, the 28th, we have our Sci-Fi Fantasy Book Club. We talked earlier about Danica, the amazing leader of this book club. It's called Women from Other Worlds. It meets at 5 p.m. on Monday. They're reading Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse. This is a multiple perspective narrative inspired by American indigenous culture. It's the first in a trilogy as strong female characters, and you still have time to finish it. You can pound this one out in the next couple days. Yeah, and I will say that Danica does such a good job leading this book club. Whenever I'm like in the vicinity of them having the conversation, I'm I just think it sounds so cool. Right. And attendance just keeps increasing with this one. They have a really fun time together. Yeah, and I will say with any of our book clubs, <clears throat> we have a lot of them. You can see them on our website. Don't feel like you have to read the book to show up. If you just want to check it out and see what it's about, Come anytime. We are not like a strict, you have to read the book or you have to have finished the book to participate. We really welcome anybody and we would be so thrilled uh, if you would join us. So that wraps up this week's Bubbles and Books. Cheers to another great week of reading. Cheers. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Your Books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>